Welcome in. It's the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you alongside. It has been about a week or so since we last talked. This is a special edition of the show. When I originally conceived of this podcast, one of the things that I wanted to do on Wednesday was kind of an anything goes Wednesday. And one of the things that I was cautioned about when I began a three day a week podcast was bandwidth. And exactly how much bandwidth do you have to do all of these things? How many hours do you have to make a podcast uh, viable? And I I said, well, I'd like to do one uh, every Monday and Friday about Wisconsin sports and then one on Wednesday about just about anything that's on my mind. It could be entertainment, could be we've done some politics uh, leading up to the election and on uh, Inauguration Day. We heard from the uh, incoming president and the outgoing president. So we've done some different things. I had a couple of actor friends on the show as well. We've talked to some authors, talked to some people that I've admired uh, over the years. And one of the people that I've admired the most, though, over the years, isn't someone who was my first guest here on the podcast per se, but it was someone who I had worked with for almost five years alongside on Wisconsin's Morning News. And this morning... On WTMJ Radio, the great Gene Miller announced that in early 2022, he's going to retire from Wisconsin's Morning News. Uh, He'd been the host of that show for 14 years. But before that, uh, he was the morning co-host, along with Bob Reitman on the Reitman and Miller Show on 94.5 WKTI for, I think, about a quarter century or so. In all, Gene has been doing morning radio in the state of Wisconsin for 44 years. Uh, He's just about set to turn 65. And while I was working with him, one of the things that he had said was that he didn't want to, you know, die behind the microphone. Uh, He still had a lot of things that he wanted to accomplish in life that did not include getting up at 145 every morning. And that's the one thing when you do do morning radio, it's the one thing that people ask by far the most is what time do you have to get up in the morning to be on the air at 5 a.m. And for me, now I've done three morning shows. I did the morning show with Scott Wetzel uh, on Sporting News Radio, and that show was on from 5 a.m. until 9 a.m. And then I stuck around and did sports updates through the noon hour, through noon. So I was basically on the air from 5 a.m. until noon, Monday through Friday. That was when I was, again, at Sporting News Radio so many years ago. And then some of you may have heard or may remember the morning show that Mike Wickett and I did on 1250 WSSP. For for me, it was four and a half years. Uh, Mike did it for about 10 years. And then he walked away from broadcasting for a little while. But now he's doing a morning show again, and it's a, a rock music morning show. And... You know, I, I Mike still has a lot of chapters left to write in his uh, radio career. But one of the things that I've admired about Gene, and I, I'll throw Mike into this mix as well, if you can go from format to format to format and not skip a beat, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty special. Um, you know, I, we'll have Mike on again uh, at some point here on the Doug Russell podcast because I want to know what it's like doing – Uh, a a music show after having done political talk in Kansas city, having done then sports talk with me here in Milwaukee. 
But for that show, the Doug and Mike morning show, that was on again from five until nine in the morning. And then when I was on Wisconsin's morning news uh, starting in 2014, early 2014, that show was on at 5 a.m. and we went until 8.30. So it's been pretty consistent for the three morning shows that I've been on starting at 5 a.m. So for me, I would get up at about 3 a.m. But I was also the sports guy in all three of those instances. And I had to be at the station uh, by about 4 a.m. just to write my morning sports casts. Uh, or in the case of the Doug and Mike morning show, just kind of talk over with Wicket. The, th- the thing that was great about Wicket uh, is that uh, th- there were times where we didn't plan anything out and still kind of made it work. And I, I Gina's not like that. It, it's not that he doesn't do spontaneous radio. I think he does some of the best spontaneous radio that there is, and that's where the magic is. But because of what Gina's always had to do, he's had to write all of the news on a news show along with Jane Matinair. Um, But Gene gets in there because not only has he been for the last 14 years the lead anchor on Wisconsin's morning news, he's also been the host of Wisconsin's morning news and he has got had to get into the radio station by 3 a.m. an hour before anybody else he's had to be there by 3 a.m. more often than not 2 30 a.m. so he'd get up at 1 25 in the morning that's when the alarm for Gene is set that's hard for anyone to wrap their minds around because you're thinking about, well, what time do you have to go to bed then? Well, you're talking about like 7.30 or 8 o'clock. I'm a night owl who has done morning radio. And for Gene, for, and I, you know, if you aggregate all the morning shows that I've done, it's probably a little bit more than a decade. Gene's done that four times longer than me. 44 nonstop years. He's done morning radio. And for the last 40 years, uh, at 720 East Capitol Drive, known colloquially as Radio City, that iconic building on Milwaukee's northeast side. Uh, again, 25 years on Reitman and Miller, and then another 14 years as the host of Wisconsin's Morning News. So I've been all day long reading tributes about Gene, and I, I texted him a congratulations, and he, have, he and I have traded text messages, and we're going to get together for a drink, hopefully sooner rather than later, and certainly before his uh, retirement. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks or so. And we'll get him back on the podcast as well. Um, one of the things that I love about this podcast is that it's it's independent, and I, I know I work for a competitor. Uh, but even this morning on the Jay Weber show on Radio 1130 WISN, where I now work, um, the iHeart Media uh, conglomerate that uh, is uh, actually uh, not too far from Gene's house, believe it or not, uh, but... Most of the time, I'm on 97.3 The Game, but I also do some work on the Big 920 WOKY. But you know, all this week, I've been sitting in as Dan O'Donnell's backup producer on the Dan O'Donnell Show. Now, Dan used to work at WTMJ. That's where he and I first met as well. But this is, I think, the, the measure of how much respect Gene Miller has in the market. Jay Weber, who has been going head-to-head in format... You know, WISN versus WTMJ. Jay Weber had nice things to say about Gene Miller at the end of Jay Weber's program this morning on WISN. And then Dan O'Donnell did the same thing at the end of his show 
uh, which is broadcast on WISN and also WIBA in Madison as well. It just goes to show that there is a lot of mutual respect for Gene. And I've been reading all of these, you know, throughout the day, I've been reading all of these great tributes uh, from my former teammates over on Capitol Drive. And everything that you've read from whether it's, I mean, Mike Spaulding had some great things to say and they were all true. Um, I, I, Eric Bilstad, the news director over there, Steve Wexler, who's the, the vice president and general manager over there. They all talk about, you know, how much of a leader Gene is, and that's all true. How he sent the, the, the standard for the radio station, which is true. How good of a person he is, that's all true. Alex Crow, uh, one of the great young up-and-coming reporters in the state of Wisconsin, uh, he relayed a story about how Gene... And look, the first time that a young broadcaster walks in the same room as a future Hall of Famer in Gene Miller, you're intimidated by that. Now, if you know Alex Crow at all, uh, his godmother and aunt is Sherry Preston, who has been on ABC Radio News for the last 20 years, but prior to that was at WTMJ as well. So, I mean, Alex has experience being around great, great broadcasters. His Aunt Sherry is one of the best there is in the world at what she does. But when you walk into the room with Gene Miller, it's like, oh, my God, this is a a living legend right here who's going to be in the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. And he's, I mean, the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Hall of Fame. He is a shoe-in for that. I can't believe that he's not in there already. The Milwaukee Press Club Hall of Fame, you name it, Gene's your guy. And the way that Gene broke the ice with Alex is Alex walked into the newsroom one morning when he was working with Gene for the very first time. Hadn't really even met him. Gene just pointed to the coffee machine and said, there's the coffee. Welcome to the team. Here we go. And that's just kind of how Gene is. There are no airs about him. He's unfailingly humble. He is, I mean, yes, he's the nicest man you'll ever come across, but then you really get to know him and you get to know him and yeah, he's nice. He's not that nice. And that's why I loved working with him so much because he does have that biting wit about him that you don't necessarily always see every day. And that to me, just when you go beyond the surface of this great, incredible broadcaster and you get to know him and you get to know his wife, Luann, and you get to know his kids, Matt Miller, who does some radio work uh, in Milwaukee as well, but uh, is maybe best known for his writing it on Milwaukee.com, but his daughter, Alyssa, as well, who uh, I've had the chance to get to know over the last several years as well, just working with Gene, getting to know his family, having him open up the doors to his house and welcoming you and your family in. It's one of those, as I put out on Twitter earlier today, one of the Mount Rushmore events of my career would will, will be that I worked alongside Gene Miller for almost five years on Wisconsin's Morning News. But one of the things that I didn't read about Gene that I think that people should know is that he is going to be, and listen, we're, we're all replaceable. Everyone in life is replaceable. WTMJ radio existed and Milwaukee radio existed before Gene, and it will certainly exist without Gene. So we're all replaceable. He's going to be very hard to replace, though, because he is such a unique unicorn in the sense that he can deftly and without missing a beat 
move from politics to hard news, national news, international news, local news, history, sports, weather. You, I mean, there's nothing that you, I mean, if he were, if Gene Miller was a goaltender, he'd be standing on his head every morning because there's so little that he doesn't have not only opinion about, we can all fake opinions, but he has such institutional knowledge of, you know, in, in my case, I'm the sports guy, but he has institutional knowledge of the teams, of the history of the city, of the history of the state, the history of the politics of the state. He's not intimidated by anyone. He has been an absolute joy to work with, an absolute joy to listen to. And that's why when I started my nighttime show, when I was leaving Wisconsin's morning news, I was asked to work the nighttime show at 94.5 ESPN. That was a short-lived show because it was, I, I, I wouldn't call it a suicide mission. I wouldn't not call it a suicide mission, but basically they were asking me to do a talk show up against games on their sister station, but uh, they're good people over at Good Karma. It, it was an experiment that just didn't work, and unfortunately it wound up helping to lead to me not being there. I'm very happy where I'm at right now at 97.3 The Game and at iHeartMedia Milwaukee. These things just sometimes happen. But Gene was my first guest ever on my new show, and there was a reason for that. I would have rather not gone into that show with anybody else as my lead guest, but the guy who had graced that room, the WKTI Studios, had graced that room so well and for so long, and we sat down on the couch in the now ESPN Milwaukee studios and had a conversation about a lot of different things, but he was my leadoff guest, and I wanted to bring you that conversation on the occasion of him announcing his retirement coming up in early 2022. Well, thank you very much, Doug. It's it's great being back, and you're, it's changed quite a bit. The technology, obviously, since uh, 2006 has changed, but it still feels like home when I walk in here. It's like, ah. What are some of, when you look around this room, what do you remember most? Any any hijinks, anything oh, that, God. I mean, if these walls could talk, I can only imagine. We screwed around so much um, off the air. That was always, we said, the best show was the stuff that people didn't get to hear because uh, it was just, you know, People that really like being together. Uh, Bob and I were not big buddies off the air in terms of like hanging out. We didn't socialize that much. He was older than me. He already had a life. I was younger. I had my own group of friends. But when we got together, it was just fun. It was it was uh, magical. I admired what he had done in his career, and and he appreciated me for what he thought I could bring to the show. And we just we just connected. We just hit it off. Ed and Gino, Amy Taylor, all the other people we had through the years uh, that helped out. Susie Morgan. I'm going to forget somebody. I'm sure Leonard Peace, who's now with the FBI. Just a really incredible group of bright, talented, funny intelligent individuals that each had life perspectives and, and were willing to share. And that's what made it such an honest show, I think, was just, you know, nobody had an act. Nobody threw a switch when they went on the air. The person you talked to off the air was the same person you talked to on the air, although we couldn't swear and do the other stuff that we did off the air. That <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Gene. Yeah, I mean, we, we just had a lot of fun. And then on those rare social occasions when we were on the road or something like that, it was just the, the same thing without microphones. We just had a blast. Of all the people who walk through that door over there, as far as guests, I'm, I'm going to try to keep the the level of guests right. as fair as high as I can possibly do on this show in this room in this studio. But who stands out to you the most 
uh, maybe one or two that uh, came Boy. through over the years. Um, probably Hank Aaron. That would be the one that was just like, I can't believe I'm in the same room with this guy, much less getting to talk to him. We had him in here for like 20 minutes. He had just written his book, If I Had a Hammer. Uh, and we just talked to him. And, and again, you're struck by his modesty, the, the, the lack of any pretense the way he just opened up and, and was so willing to tell you his story without uh, saying, hey, dig me how great I am. Uh, just the, a genuine modesty. And you look at what he did and what he went through to get there. That was just a very humbling day. And I, I always remember that one. Then there's you know the Leslie Nielsen's that would come by. And uh, we had a lot of folks through here. Um, and everyone, again, you know, they had something to sell. They had something to say. They had something to pitch. But on the other hand, uh, it was just uh, an honor to meet all of them. I, I can't remember anybody that when we got done with them, I ever said, Boof, that was a waste of time. G. Miller joining us from Wisconsin's Morning News over, as I, as I said on Friday, <laughs> uh, 12 steps from one studio to the other. Um, but from a sports fan's perspective, and I know you're a huge sports fan, always have been a big sports fan as well. I mean, this is kind of a golden era in Wisconsin sports. Well, we went through some very lean years um, predating you to a degree. I mean, I was lucky enough to be around for Lombardi. I was lucky enough to be around for uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I never saw good Badgers football until Barry Alvarez came to Madison. We never had good Badgers basketball until uh, the last 20 years. Uh, Marquette had some things going on. They were always competitive, but they never had that Al McGuire return to the NC2A Final Four until recently. So, yeah, sports was something that was tolerated. The Packers, sadly, you know, those those gory years of the uh, late 70s and early 80s, uh, you know, you, you, you followed them, your heart broke with them, but it was more of a, a soap opera than it was a competitive football team. Now look what you have. Uh, Packers, <laughs> ironically now, they're the ones who are trying to come off after two losing seasons, but look at the run they've had. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, who didn't do much after 1982, are now you know competitive and, and fun to watch. And Milwaukee's become such a sports destination. I think we've talked about this before uh, with, with the Bucks and with the Brewers, that free agents now think about coming here, willingly come here. Uh, when Reggie White signed in Green Bay, that was a paradigm shift for Packers football. That used to be Siberia. When he signed, that was the beginning of the Renaissance uh, to a large degree. So you are coming into this format at this time on an incredible crest, an incredible wave. And there used to be this perception back in our KTI days that women didn't like sports. So we didn't delve much into sports. And that was a huge mistake on our part. I think we, we shot ourselves in the foot. You go to a game, you look at who's in the stands, you go into the, the, the quarters at halftime, you look at who's you know, lining up for beers and, and hot dogs, you, you go to tailgate parties and you see who's in the parking lot. It's, it's co-ed. Everybody loves sports. Everybody's interested. You know, are they all going to X and O it? Can they diagram plays? Do they, you know, I know women that know more about sports than some guys I know. So it was a very dumb perception on our, our behalf back in the KTI days to keep that separate because sports is life. And in Wisconsin, it truly is that, that heritage with your parents, watching games on Sunday with dad, going to those tailgates, uh, just it, it's the fabric of your life. And I see what we're doing now, even in our family. I mean, we gather for, for games. We we still do our road trip, uh, my summer baseball trip with my son. Now we bring along my son-in-law. And we bring the, the, the women. They, they join us at a later point in the trip, and the, it takes on a different hue. Point being, people love sports. It's who we are. It's what we are. We celebrate the victories. We curse the losses. But look how this city came together for the Bucks run. Look how it's coming together as the Brewers uh, coalesce and, and make their uh, next run for a pennant. And every Packers Sunday is a festival. So 
this is a great time to be a sports fan, and there's so much information out there that can, you know, you can build your knowledge as much as you want, and there's always a place to uh, to uh, speak your onions, as Larry the Legend used to say. What's your most indelible sports memory then? Because you got into this building at a great time when the Brewers were starting to get really good. The Bucks were a really good team that were just kind of on that precipice as well. You got to watch the Packers in a couple of Super Bowls. What stands out to you the most? Boy, um... I would say being on the field when Robin Yount took the motorcycle around the county stadium uh, warning track after the uh, loss in the 82 series, being on the field when the Packers came back to Lambeau after that uh, Super Bowl victory in 1997, never being colder in my life, but you know what? (laughs) Didn't regret a moment of it. It was just an incredible time. Um, Being in the seats for for the World Series, uh, just and, and watching Wisconsin realized that hey you know we we are good too the the whole state the whole city madison green bay milwaukee uh seeing us we always knew we were big league at least when when i was a kid uh we had lost the Braves, but then the brewers came but you know to see them validate themselves in 82 it's like yeah we're a team we're real and uh seeing the packers come back from the dead after the gory years watching the bucks now after some you know really rough times of the beautiful new building uh seeing you know <laughs> seeing the bradley center get christened and come down that makes you feel really old <laughs> in the course of 20 years. You know, that that building I thought would be the one, the last one that I would see new in this community. And it's gone. It's a, it's a memory. It's rubble. And it's been replaced by something bigger and better and newer. And uh, it's just been amazing to watch this epiphany of sports in Wisconsin and, and the realization that you don't have to be New York or L.A. anymore. And we can compete and have fun. And... We're, we're part of it. And sports does so much for a community. Um, again, whether you're hardcore or whether you just like the social aspect of it, it's it's something the city needs as much as it needs arts, as much as it has to tend to its problems. I don't think any of these things are mutually exclusive. I think you can have both. Million dollar question for Gene Miller then. Who's the next Wisconsin sports franchise or team? Let's go to college as well. That's going to win a national championship, whether it's a Super Bowl, a World Series, or a college national championship or NBA Finals? I think the way things are stacked up right now, I'd have to go with the Brewers just because of their front office, their culture, their their minor league system. Uh, David Stearns is a genius. He presses the right buttons. He makes the right moves at the right time. I think this is a team that... Uh, is right now as good as you know any team in in baseball does it have some flaws does it have a few guys that need to kick it in oh sure but um barring injury i think that they are probably poised right now to 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 uh, tip it in that would be the team i'd put my my chips in on badgers football and basketball are going to be in renaissance i think marquette's in decent shape wojo's got some work to do after losing the hausers um the packers we'll see i i just don't know i just found out that the coach blew out his hamstring it reminds me of dan devine getting <laughs> a broken leg in his first game on the packers sidelines in 1971 uh if that's the worst injury the team absorbs then you can think good things about the green bay packers too but um again the fact that we can even talk about all these teams at once being competitive is, is pretty amazing for long-haired and long-of-tooth fans like me. All right, my conversation with the great Gene Miller. And again, uh, the Right Minute Miller Show was something that was part of my youth. And I don't want to date myself too much, but you know, I've been listening to him for so long. And 
when I left Wisconsin's morning news, I, I put together kind of a montage of just some of the fun that we had on that show during the almost five years that I was a part of it. And I wanted to play that for you as we wrap up this edition of the Doug Russell podcast, just to kind of show how, you know, you can play off of somebody and just have it be so incredibly natural and fun and informative and maybe you can learn something i told gene this uh, while we were working together i don't know that there was a day that i was on wisconsin's morning news that i didn't learn something from him whether it was a historical fact whether it was something about radio whether it was something about wisconsin or milwaukee or even one of the teams uh, but this was just kind of a montage. This was the last sports cast that I had put together for Wisconsin's Morning News before I left uh, just about uh, a little bit more than two years ago. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all, sports desk. Here's Doug Russell. And the Brewers hammer the Pirates 11-5. Mike Moustakis with four hits, two home runs, and four RBIs. Game two of the four-game series is tonight. Alicia Seen pitches against Chris Archer. Coverage starts at 5.30 here on WTMJ. NBA Finals, game one. It was the Raptors turning away the Warriors, 118-109. to Pascal Siakam, 32 points and eight rebounds. Game two is tomorrow night. So... As we've been telling you, this is my last day on Wisconsin's Morning News. I'm headed to the other side of the alarm clock and the ESPN studio down the hallway starting next week. But we've had a lot of fun here on the morning show over the years. And at the risk of being self-indulgent, it began almost four and a half years ago. I want to congratulate you, Mr. Russell. You are now a full-time card-carrying, coffee-drinking member of Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's the coffee right here. Thank you. We salute you on your ascension as Greg Matzik, of course, has moved Mm -hmm. to Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Doug Russell will now be your cordial and uh, caring sports analyst slash host slash personality slash contributor to Wisconsin's Morning News from here on out. The All-American Window and Door, We Love Wisconsin Tour, live at the Bosch in Hales Corners. When you guys worked at another W down the dial, this was like your clubhouse, wasn't it? They said we'd never work in this town again. (laughs) (laughs) And they were almost right. (laughs) I'm going to check the snow in front of that building on the way home this morning and see whose handwriting that is. Not handwriting, Gene. <laughs> the onion peels a little bit more, I think, and that's my goal for you know the next several months on the show. Is that by the end of it, you're really going to be disturbed by the things that are in the far reaches of my mind. Now, I get accused of having a crush on everyone from the 1980s. Pretty There's much. really only four that are on the Mount Rushmore. It's Alyssa Milano, Valerie Bertinelli, Belinda Carlisle, and my girl Debbie Gibson. I have to move away from you now. <laughs> well, what was Doug's prediction yesterday? What did you say, Doug? Yeah, yeah well, well, you have to go into the Wayback Machine. Please. Uh, Farb is to address the crowd after the ceremony. So I guess the ceremony will happen, and then he's going to come out and speak in the seating bowl. Do you think they sell it up? No. My guess is that it will be similar to maybe what a stockholders meeting crowd might look like. There'll be a few thousand. But I would be shocked if it's sold out. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think you're going to get 70000 there for it. What did you eat? Just granola bars and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Wow. And dare I ask, what, what did you do for facilities? Jim? I think I knocked him off the air. Maybe he had to go. <laughs> 
The defending champion Penguins, they had their hands full with Alexander Ovechkin. Backstrom coming here. He'll hold and now bring it across and a shot. They score! They score! Alex Ovechkin with 107 to go! It's uh, John Walton on WFED Radio in D.C. He's an excitable fellow. What's he like at home? Oh, Honey, pass the ketchup! <laughs> On Sunday, wonderful service, Pastor Jones! <laughs> I'm here all week, folks. <laughs> Tip your waiters, they work hard. Oh, it's 618. No, that's all I got. <laughs> it's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you have the time of your life. And I have. This is uh, this has been special, and I want to thank Jane, Mike Spaulding, Debbie, the best producer in the world, Rachel Fry, and those that have moved on professionally, Jody Becker, Michelle Richards, Colin Bennett, John Meerdink, that have worked on this show, and they say don't meet your heroes. And I got to work with a hero of mine in radio for the last four and a half years, Gene Miller. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jonathan Green. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up listening to you, and... When I first was an intern here in 1993, I'd walk past the KTI window and watch you and Bob work. It has been an absolute joy, a thrill, and a highlight that I will take with me for the rest of my life working with you and your spirit of generosity on this show for the last four and a half years. So thank you. My final sportscast on Wisconsin's morning news. Uh, And again, it was made uh, an absolute joy by being able to work alongside the great Gene Miller. He still has a few months left to go before his uh, retirement fully kicks in, but I look forward to having him with a new interview on this podcast, hopefully sooner rather than later, and we'll talk about a lot of different things, including his incredible career, some of the things that he's seen, and uh, the, the incredible run that he had with Bob Reitman, and then you know to flip on a dime and go from a popular morning show, music format show, to being the lead on one of the signature his, historical heritage stations uh, on WTMJ for as long as, as he was. Uh, just an, an incredible run for Gene. And again... Uh, tip of the cap to my colleagues and his competitors at the station that I work at now at Radio 1130 WISN, Jay Weber, Dan O'Donnell. I don't know if Mark Belling, I, I, honestly, I was working another show uh, today when Mark was on, um, but uh, I know that Jay and Dan had great things to say uh, about Gene this morning, and that just shows exactly kind of the impact that he had on the Milwaukee radio market. He is one of a kind cherish him for as long as you have him on the radio still listen to wisn of course but uh also you can flip over to gene for some of his great wisdom and wit and hopefully he writes a book i would love to see him write a book he's a very very gifted writer all right that'll do it for this edition of the doug russell show you can always hit us up on our socials you can find us uh, on twitter and instagram at doug russell pod that's our username for both of those formats Uh, Also, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube for everything that we do, including all of our shows for a free download. Uh, Find us on our website, www.dougrussellpod.com. Coming up, I will definitely have some thoughts on not only the Game 5 collapse, and that's what it was, not defensively necessarily. Kevin Durant did what Kevin Durant does, but the offensive collapse of the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 5. Will that mean that there's not a Game 7? Will it end... Uh, at Pfizer Forum, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was a pretty demoralizing loss. One of the most devastating losses in Bucks history that I can recall. And the most devastating loss in Bucks history to me since Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2001. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the show. Hope everybody's doing well. We'll see you next time right here on the Doug Russell Podcast.